0: and welcome to the recovery diaries i'm your host rebecca ellison and i'm a fully qualified naturopathic nutritional therapist and wellness coach and i aim to give women their power back i believe the key to optimal health is incorporating the holistic model which is food healing mindset detox values and stepping into our purpose to build an abundant life join me as i interview amazing women who've been on their own health journeys because i believe this is truly possible And welcome back to another episode of the podcast and it's the final episode of season one. Oh my goodness. I'm just, I've got all the feels like I'm so proud. I can't even believe that people have been listening, but I'm so, so grateful. Um, All ready for season two, already planning that. So if you've been listening, thank you so, so much. I really hope that. I mean, my goal is to educate women, support women, give them the information so that they can take action and just feel better in themselves, about themselves. So thank you so much for listening. So if you follow me on social media, you will know my love and friendship of Tisha, uh, Trisha, sorry. She is such a great friend to me. Um, She's a feminine leadership coach and she's taught me so much and in this episode we talk about programming as a child, we talk about emotions, we talk about love languages, we talk about um, feeling safe and she kind of shares her story about how she had a complete career change into what she does now because she was just so stuck, you know, she just kind of followed that path of success that everyone kind of praises and deems, you know, success is the car and the title and all the rest of it and how she um, managed to step out of that into now what she um, deems to be a successful life. You guys are going to get so much out of this podcast. It's just a chatty podcast, you know, as if we were Just sitting in a coffee shop having the conversations that we so often have as a two. I'm so thankful for her and her friendship. But I really hope you enjoy this final episode of season one. Please come and follow me on social media, come and check out all the stuff that I'm doing over there. Please share this podcast with friends, like it, subscribe, comment. But thank you for your support and enjoy the episode. I'm so happy to have you on. Um, Can you just explain a little bit about who you are? what you do, where you live, what you like doing, everything. Let's hear about Trisha. Oh my
1: goodness. So I'm Trisha Barker, the founder of The Rising Femme and I am a feminine leadership coach helping women rise in their careers, in their relationships, in life and really focusing on that feminine empowerment and energetics.
0: So good. Such good work. If you follow me on social media or a client or anything, you've
1: heard me bang on about Tricia so much. <laughs> oh. I'm sick of hearing about you. Yeah. And I live in Lancashire with my eight year old cockapoo, Milo. Cock-a-poo. If yeah. you follow me online, you'll see him. Um, but I spend my time between Lancashire and Yorkshire because my partner lives in Yorkshire. So I get the best of both worlds.
0: Well, I mean, I think Lancashire's better anyway
1: uh I was born in Yorkshire so I was a Yorkshire lass brought up in Lancashire you didn't know that did you
2: Oh, what do I love
1: oh my god I love all things health nature yeah so many things I like I could talk to you just on an episode about everything that I love
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely I know but you have not always been in this world have you
1: oh you have a past life I do
0: can you share about your past life
1: yeah, so I started my career really not knowing who I was or what I wanted to do mm. and really stumbled out of out of school, into college, then into the workplace. Fast forward, I worked in lots of different jobs where I would say I didn't value what I was good at or couldn't recognize what I was good at. So for a long time, I went for jobs that were, I would say, below what I was capable of doing
0: right in because... the safe
1: zone keeping the safe yeah. zone it's yeah. safe there um and then I had two bosses who could see like Trisha what are you doing you are way better than what you're doing yeah and sort of elevated me into these different career paths so I'm very thankful for that But what that did was my nervous system was like, shit, this is is dangerous. And I can look back and hindsight tells me that now. Um, So, yeah, I followed this career. I went up a career ladder. You'll have seen the images online. You know, you get to the top of a career ladder and think, this isn't what the ladder ladder I was supposed to Mm. follow. Mm. Um, So I had... You know, great success in my career. Mm. Um, I'm so thankful for these people who believed in me and pushed me because, you know, they gave me that belief in myself. Yeah. But it was just not work that was aligned with who I was. And yeah. that's because I just didn't know who I was. So I was overworking, burnt out, stressed, and living this successful life and feeling anything but successful like I was drained confused flat partying at the weekends not eating well like yeah I just I just didn't have that respect for myself yeah I didn't have that self-worth but I just I didn't really if I'm honestly I didn't know who I was
2: Mm. I didn't know
1: who I was and what I could do and who I wanted to become so how can you align your life when you don't know all of those things?
0: So you were just on a treadmill. You were just on a trajectory. You just of what going, other the next... people
1: thought was good for me because I had no yeah. self awareness to figure out what you wanted, what I wanted, what I was good at, where I should be. I just yeah. kept following this path of you're in this job and you'd be really good if you went for that promotion and that promotion. I'm just like yeah yeah okay okay okay. And, and success time... is,
0: like success is this is this carrot that they're dangling in front of your face but you hadn't figured out what success was and everyone
1: around you is so impressed because you know you've got you've got the title and then you've got the car and you've got this so you know to the external world like you are so successful yeah inside Mm. I was literally dead Yeah. yeah and I just kept showing up at work wanting the environment to change I was very much in victim mindset this place is awful this needs to change why don't they do this yeah and honestly I don't know what it was but I just had this light bulb moment I was sat at my desk one day and I was like oh my goodness that's not the issue you are the issue Mm. like this it's not the external that needs to be fixed or worked out you need to work on yourself
0: Do you remember what, like, had you listened to a podcast? Had you read a book? Like, why?
1: What had suddenly clicked? I don't know. I just feel like it just felt like this download that just came to me. There was no, I was just sat at my desk doing the work and just literally like this thing dropped into me. You need, you need to focus on you. You need to change. It's not that stuff. It was like the spotlight was put on me and it's like, it's a bit scary. And it's interesting because I followed it.
0: Like well you made a choice scary,
1: I made that choice yeah and I googled careers advice <laughs> <laughs> at the age of oh about 37 37 googling yeah, career yeah, advice. yeah careers advice and up popped a life coach I lived in Leeds at the time she was in Leeds and that was the start of the journey to where I am now
0: that's amazing. So you were training whilst working? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I think when we first met, you would have called yourself a life coach. Is that right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So first of all, I went to see the life coach. And, you know, that... Who is a life coach? Well, at the time, it's someone who coaches on life. Whereas I, I feel like she, she was brilliant. She really helped me figure out but for me really it was more career coaching right or helping me to get some self awareness that mm-hmm. was the thing really i went about i'm unhappy in my career what she gave me was self awareness mm-hmm. like really starting to look at who i am what's important to me mm-hmm. how do i tick like what do i who do i want to be what do i want mm-hmm. to become you know what what's important to me and all of these things As I'm sat there working with her, I was like, this feels so good. Mm. And I just had this thing. I was like, maybe I could do this because I was in a career. I was in corporate HR. So I wanted to help people. Like at the core of me, I wanted to be around people. But working in a big corporate, sometimes you lose sight. The The companies that I work for, so I didn't always pick the right companies either. I picked companies that were very much about profit. Yeah. I'm not really about their people. And that's not yet. Already a disconnect of I'm yes. helping a corporate around profits. But actually, at the core, I went into that job because I wanted to help people.
0: And that's so not your values. Like, no, na- no. Like, if you explain what your life looks like now, what your values are, how you live, like all the self awareness that you have, it's, oh, gosh, it's like night and day. Yeah. I, I just always- all around
1: how to put out fires, how to deal with issues with employees, how can we. Like make them do things. Like it it wasn't really about development and empowerment. Mm. Like I know some people who work in HR get the opportunity to do that, but a lot of people are doing that transactional HR, which is just mm. about keeping people in the lane, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and doing it as cheaply as possible so we make as much profit as possible. Oh, I don't like to stay in my lane.
0: No, you don't,
1: you don't <laughs> stay in your lane. That's rubbish. But, but now you who I was. Yeah, Like I literally was in that system and I think it's really hard when you're in that system, when you know you want something to change. Mm. It's scary because it's like, how do I go from like this successful career to like doing something different? So yeah, like I said, I was sat in front of her and I was like, I'd like to do this myself. Like I, I want to help people. So what about I actually channel that energy into helping other people? And also with HR, it was always like people were always coming to you for answers. Mm. I've got this problem. Can you tell me the solution? And what I loved about coaching was that I didn't have to have the solution. I just had to hold space and ask good questions and listen well and help other people figure that stuff out themselves. And I was like, God, that sounds so refreshing. Yeah. and Because that's what a good coach does. Absolutely yeah absolutely and she challenged my mindset and helped me Mm. to build a level of confidence it wasn't enough but it gave me the foundations at least to know
2: Mm.
1: why I'm unhappy who I was at the core and what I wanted to do going forward that was the foundation she gave me and then that that helped me to move forward but To be honest, if I'm honest, when I went into my coaching career, I still had lots of those limiting beliefs. I didn't have the mindset. I didn't have the confidence. So I signed up for the course and it literally became a really, really, really expensive footrest under my desk for at least two years. Wow. I do know. I bet
0: that's really common. Yeah. Really common. People
1: sign up for things because they want it. But do they want it? Well, it's this, thing I talk about it. It's a chaotic vibration. Yeah. If you think in science, it's a chaotic vibration. So there's something that you want to move towards. So that's your vision. Yeah. yeah. I really want to be a coach. I want to set my own business. I really want to help people like she's helped me, but then you've got all of this stuff, all of this programming, all these limiting beliefs. And so you're in the middle of this, yeah. well, 95% of what you do every day is driven by your subconscious. So consciously yeah. I'm going, I want this vision that's only five percent of my energy every day 95 percent that program running in the background you're not good enough you're not smart enough you can't do this you can't make it happen yeah so then it just manifests in oh I don't have the time keeping yourself busy putting procrastinating all of that stuff that's really what it is but what it is is happening inside of you you've just got this chaotic vibration and until you get back into your subconscious and deal with that 95% of what's driving the decisions in your thoughts every day, you just kept, you feel like a yo-yo. If anyone ever feels like this, like you feel like you want to move forward, but you feel like you're holding your, like something's holding you back. That's what it is. You've just got a chaotic vibration going on.
0: So two questions. Yeah. One of them is where would you be if you hadn't moved forward with this? So that's the first question. And the Ooh. second question is, you, you did do the course. You did change things. And what is the benefit from actually actioning those things?
1: So if I was still her, I find that really hard mm. to, to even think it makes me sad. Like if mm. I had stayed there for another, because it's, it's I left my corporate job seven years ago. That's when we met. Mm. um I started my coaching maybe two three years before that so let's say a decade ago yeah who she would be now I think she'd be really sad yeah I think she would she'd have climbed the the corporate ladder even higher Mm. she would have even more of the what people define as success yeah but she wouldn't be happy
0: just be empty
1: yeah, she'd be lost. She'd be confused. Yeah. And and I think she'd not be treating her very well. I think she'd have lots of, whilst I've had health issues, bigger health issues.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what part of you managed to get out of your way and out of that space and actually action moving forwards and now you're in this place now?
1: So the first step really was... I I said, like I said, I signed up to do the coaching, but I actually signed up for a package. So, one of those was NLP. Mm. And that's really about reprogramming. Reprogramming, you know, we're all born as a child Mm. with minimal programming already in us. We get that emotional inheritance that we bring in. (laughs) So, you know, we absorb these things, we inherit these things, not just our looks, but emotions. Yeah if there's trauma that's happened in our generational line, we can bring that into this life. Yeah. So so we come in and then we start from that age of zero to seven to be programmed about what we believe about ourselves and the world. So I went to my NLP training. So I, I kept getting the coaching out. I'd sit and do a few hours and then it would just go back and it was self study. So that is the worst thing for someone who's lost and confused. Yeah. Just leave you up to your own devices yeah that's how's that working out for you it didn't work out (laughs) (laughs) so when the NLP came up it was like no it's dedicated times you go for these days you're immersed in it you've got to go for three different things and then you'll you'll do your test and you'll qualify and I was like okay that feels like more it's directing me and I remember I was so scared going into the training like Mm. comparing what will people think and just so nervous in my own skin about going into this and like I had a real fear I didn't know it at the time I had a real fear of learning that I wasn't capable of learning so sometimes you don't know why you feel a certain way but once actually you get into this stuff you actually you can get to the root
0: yeah so I remember that
1: morning thinking oh my goodness and then they were asking you to think about what you wanted to work on Talk about having no self-awareness. So I'm feeling all of this. I'm getting in my own way. They're asking, what do you want to work on? And I'm like, I don't think I've got anything to work on or I'm not sure. And I'm like, (laughs) hello? (laughs) Really, I had a big bin liner full of crap that I needed to carry on and work through. Mm. And over those nine days, which were about over three months, I started to unpick and really work on this subconscious stuff that was holding me back and Mm. shedding that programming. And think about it like a blank computer. You know, if you get an error message, you take it somewhere and they help you to get rid of that error message. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Mm. You're getting rid of the error message so you don't keep doing the same old shit day and day. You know, that's one of my things. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. Mm. What happened was then I started to, you know, when they were asking, what do you want to work on? I was like, okay, I'm not really sure, but... Just over time, as I started to do one exercise after another, I started to shed like my the bin liner that I started with. Mm. I started to get less and less. So things like public speaking, I felt more confident public speaking. I then found a passion for learning because I removed the block that was making me scared of learning. Yeah. And just all of these different things. I came out of that different. Yeah. And then I just got on and I completed my coaching qualification like that. Because, because I just got been, on with it, yeah. Oh. I got out my own
0: way, and do you know, account. I think accountability as is is a big, Huge. big thing, and I think that's yeah. why it's people work with you and I because you could try and do some of this work yourself, but if you've got someone who's keeping you accountable, it's a different ball game.
1: Absolutely, and I still work with coaches. I still work with yeah, mentors. Yeah, yeah. I still invest now. Yeah, because one of the things is. I believe when you're working with someone, like you're in the picture, imagine a picture with a frame around it. Mm. Like you're in the picture. So you're so absorbed in it. It's, you're living it and you need someone that actually can help you look, stand back and look at the frame. That's it, bird's eye view, big picture. Yeah, and you can't yeah. when you're in it and just yeah. through someone holding space for you, actually just as you start talking, and someone's yeah. listening and not butting in and saying oh yeah that's me as well which mm. is what we do as friendships and mm. in our normal day-to-day life when someone holds space and just mm. allows you to think things through mm. things start to flow and actually you never I never want to go to a call and go oh, yeah I didn't do any of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly to and, I will do it
0: <laughs> and if you're investing you're going to take action yeah you're going to take the action as whereas, whereas I suppose work more on perhaps the physical body of finding the root cause, you know, of someone's period issues or gut symptoms or energy problems or whatever it might be. I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, you work more on like the emotional side of things, how our brain works. Like what you do blows my mind, (laughs) like from a program and an NLP and all the different things. But when you put the two together, I don't think you can just work on the physical body because- There's those blocks, as you said, that are just going to get in your way. So, for example, that I say to a client, "I'll oh, stop eating sugar," but they have been rewarded with sugar since yeah. they were children. So it's a reward, so it's a comfort. But then you work on all that side of things, yeah, and I don't you think can... you've got to have you've got to look. And that's going back to the bird's eye view. You've got to look at an individual yeah. in this bigger picture.
1: Yeah, because I think for me, and I fell into this trap. So I did a lot of the NLP work. In that initial period, and then I had the skill, but I couldn't do NLP on myself. The people that I worked with, I fell into the trap of focusing totally on the mindset. Right. So I went into the, I can fix everything with my mindset. And actually, yes, you can with a lot of things but you forget things in your mindset but your body does not forget and every part of my journey to where I am now when I've hit a roadblock it's been my body telling me something something yeah so how do you figure that out you've got to tune in like I recognize now coming up to I'm 50 next year so I'm, I'm about to enter this new exciting challenging part of my life that for the most part of my life I have been disconnected from my body
0: mm, do you know that's so kind like I say to clients what's your what's your gut feeling about something or how do you intuitively feel about this situation and they can't give me an answer
1: No, because their nervous system is switched into fight or flight. So you can't critically think. You can't lean into that intuition. You can't feel. Like you've stopped yourself from feeling because it's not safe to feel. Yeah. So I remember I went to see a somatic practitioner. I've invested in lots of things Mm. in my journey. So there is no magic pill. It's a journey along the way. Follow the signs. So that self-awareness started to build for me and people came along at the right time. So when I worked with a somatic um, practitioner, he was amazing, because I went to um, a personal development three-day event, and we were being pushed out of our comfort zone to stand up in front of a room of like 300 people and be visible. And my, my nervous system wasn't stretched. It was in panic. Bearing in mind all the work I'd already done to be visible. This just did not fit. Now I'm looking back. I didn't understand it at the time, but like the energy going through my, my body was, I was in shock. I was mm. in panic and he could see this. Mm. So he actually came and said to me, and I'm so grateful for him. He's like, this work won't work for you. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he was like, this isn't, what you've come here for this is not what's going to help you and I said why and he said you've got something called frozen awareness I can see it and I said oh what what's frozen awareness and he was like it's like you your eyes are like you've got so much trauma in your eyes I can see it yeah so you're putting now you're just putting yourself in that space you're just re-traumatizing yourself yeah yeah so I actually went and did some ma- some somatic and uh, body stuff with him to release lots of trapped trauma. Mm.
0: And Is that on a conscious level? You know, because like I think a lot of people have more of an awareness around psychology or counselling or CBT or something like that. So when you talk about somatic healing and letting go of a lot of trauma, do you mean? Can you just explain?
1: Yeah, of course I can. What that would have been. Yeah, so there is different types of ways that you can do it. This was basically going in there, and he was just moving my body. So he would just sort of, like, move my arm and work on my arm, and I would be in floods of tears. Crazy. So we didn't – there was no talking therapy. There was none of that. He just moved my body in ways, trying to get it into alignment as well, because I was massively out of alignment. Mm. And just – Every session, I in the session and afterwards, so much emotion came out. But what was confusing at that time is I didn't know what it was or why I was feeling that way. I knew it was a good cathartic release. I knew my body felt better, and actually, it helped me to move forward. Because again, I was having, I'd made this step forward, but then I still felt like I was in this chaotic vibration. Like I really want to move forward, but something holding me back.
2: Mm.
1: and i never knew what it was so that helped me for a period of time but then it, it, it kept coming back so every time i wanted to elevate in my business every time i wanted to accelerate every time i wanted to be more do more it was like yeah. my nervous system was like
0: no pulling you back and i no, think people can safe. resonate it's with that safe. on on an illness level as well, so many people, they know they want to recover, they know they can be better, but there's, there's something internal that feels like that's pulling them back. And I always come back to that is your nervous system. You clearly, there's no safety here. Yeah. So
1: and, and, and I think that's where, in hindsight, I look back on my journey. Mm. And I was t- trying to focus more on the, to be confident, to be able to do more. But actually, the real work that I had to do first was... Yeah feel safe. Yeah. Like I like I had some experiences as a child where I did not feel safe. Mm. Like you know through my history, I nearly died when I was two years old mm. through mistakenly taking some tablets that I thought were sweets. Yeah. That feeling of terror was locked into my system. So my memory had forgotten it. Yeah.
0: And you, so you can't go to a therapist.
1: I can't. And talk I can't, I, about what happened no. when you were two
0: but if you <laughs> no. don't think that your body has absorbed some of that i can remember yeah. that we can't remember being born no you know because the body the body wipes it you know the brain completely wipes it because it's a very traumatic event being born yeah so and even you know i even look back to being ill and i was you know a teenager in my 20s and my brain has still wiped it because it's a traumatic event. And I find it amazing. But my body can clearly still remember it in there somewhere.
1: Oh, massively. Yeah, massively. So I think that was the thing is that to have that confidence and to be visible and to follow that path of where you want to get to. And it's back to that root, it's you like your root chakra, it's like you're ground into the earth, you need to feel safe. And without that, you're just going to keep rising and then you're just going to keep coming back and wondering well what's wrong with me why can't I do it look at all these people who are like flying in their careers and their business what's going on with me and it's like you need you need to go back to the root
0: but what if you don't know what the root is what if you think I had a lovely childhood I had ideal parents nothing bad you know I never died when I and I didn't nearly die when I was two what if everything was rosy
1: So I hear this so much. And I think no matter what you think, you may have had in your mind the best childhood. You may have had the parents who did the best and you felt loved, but there will have been times when it wasn't what happened. It was what happened inside of you as a result of what happened. Mm. So, let me give you an example. In class once, I was asked to stand up and read in front of everybody. yeah, and already I was a nervous child, so having to do that, and everyone look at me, I felt really uncomfortable again, yeah. not safe.
2: Mm. So
1: I stood up and started to read. I love reading, but something I said in there, I got it wrong, and everybody laughed at me. Yeah, so some people would say, well, that's not a big deal i can I can relay that like I'm telling you an episode of a soap opera. I can tell you, oh my goodness me, it was so embarrassing. But actually, what got stuck in me was I got trapped emotions of it's not safe to be seen. Um, I'm not smart enough. Yeah. So then that manifests in every time there was a situation where I had to introduce myself in the corporate world. You know, yeah. you had to sit around a table. Can everyone introduce themselves? Immediately, yeah. my nervous system recognizes this is something. That has happened before it recognizes it's something that is dangerous, and immediately I'm in fight or flight mm. and then I mumble my way out and I think, wow why can't I get my words out? or you are so in your head and in your panic that you miss what everyone else is saying. you're not even in the room, you're not present. yeah
0: and yeah.
2: then
1: afterwards you're like, "Oh, I messed that up. Why did I mess it up mm. and I, I used to believe in the feel, feel the fear and do, it, do anyway. it anyway. I've read that. I read it and loved it at the time. But I think there's a difference between stretching yourself and re-traumatizing and panicking yourself. Yeah. And a lot of my clients go, I keep trying to do this and I keep practicing it and it doesn't get better. Mm. Because there's a trauma in there somewhere. So mm. even though you feel like you had a good childhood... There will be things that happened inside of you as a result of situations.
0: Yeah. And and you know, my son is four and I'm all I read so many books. At the moment, I'm reading a Gabor Mate book, Hold Your Children Closely or something. And you know, we talk about this so much and you know, I'm sure I'm going to mess it up in some way. I've just accepted that. But there's so much between what happens to kids between zero and seven; it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what someone might speak into your situation there, where maybe you said a word wrong in class, I might think, "Oh, that's not a big deal." But it's just we don't know what is a big deal to our children or what isn't.
1: No, you know, even if you were the best intentions, do everything that you think you should do right for him. Yeah it's not your responsibility because it's what goes on inside of him as a result of the experiences that he's having.
0: You're not
1: responsible for that as a parent. So everyone, give yourself a break. Mm. You can have two children who have the exact same experience. One just is like, is not traumatised by it, but the other one is because of their internal world. Mm. Or what they absorbed. Like, Like I say, you might have inherited something from a parent. You might have absorbed something from your parents or somebody around you in your environment like everybody's different but those so those first seven years you're programmed then to the age of 14 you're reinforcing those and then from 14 onwards you're in autopilot
0: yeah so just going back to zero to seven when you say we're programmed what do you mean Who, who's programming us
1: everything is like everything we're taking in through our senses. So you will get things from the media. You will get things from cartoons, from watching Disney. You will get it from your, your siblings, from your parents, your grandparents, like billboards that you go past, comments that people make lots of the way that people treat you. You know, people say, I've got a girl and a boy and that I know that people treat them differently. Mm. So that we start to then, and we don't have a rational mind by that point. Our, rational, our rational brain yeah. comes later. So we just see things as they are. And we internalize what that means. And we I think can't I... then say to ourselves, Oh, well, you know, when they just said, Oh, you know, she, she's, she's really nervous. We can't say, I'm not nervous. I wasn't nervous. Anyone would feel like that in in that situation. As a child, you don't have that. So when someone says you're nervous, you go, oh, I'm I'm nervous.
2: Mm. And you tell
1: yourself you're nervous. And then Mm. you you get to age seven and, oh, yeah, I'm a nervous child. And then you carry on being nervous. And then in adult life, yeah, yeah, I I just get really nervous. Where does that come from? It comes right back. And I'm not saying everything comes from that but most things do <laughs>
0: I, I, people say that I'm slightly dramatic. Cause like, I don't, I'm so careful about what TV Noah watches. Cause I know, yeah. you know, I don't let him watch any advertisements cause that's just completely programming into yeah. wanting specific toys or, you know, I think advertisements are awful. I think any, you know, ho- try not to let your children around the news. Um, but, ev- you know, conversations and, and even just from reading books, it's, it's not necessarily a case of saying you're so naughty. You know, how could you do that? That's such that's such a naughty thing to do. Maybe the behavior might be an unacceptable behavior, but it doesn't mean yeah, don't put that word on top label. of the child. Because if you a label,
1: and yeah. label you're
0: constantly labeling that child, you're so naughty, you're so naughty, you're so stupid, you do this, you're probably gonna end up with more naughty behavior. Well,
1: they they rely on you, they trust in you, yeah. you are their safety. Yeah, so if you're saying you're a naughty boy. Yeah, You're a naughty boy. Yeah, He believes you. He's a naughty mm. boy and he will play that out probably or, you know, really step into that. If you mm. say, I absolutely love you. What you did just right now was really naughty. Mm. You're labelling the behaviour, not the child. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And anyone who's an older parent or parents of people, you know, my age, you didn't know this stuff at the time. So no. you know, show yourself compassion. I always say, and it's an NLP phrase, everyone is doing the best they can yep. with the resources they have at the time. Absolutely. If you didn't know this stuff at the time, you were doing the best you could.
0: Yeah, but we're always learning new things. Look at gut health. We didn't know any, we didn't know any of this stuff about gut health here 20 years ago. No. We're always learning more, and we'll learn more and more and more. But I just find it oh, I just found it fascinating fascinating and then you know I I just think about you know people again standing on the cusp of like university and they've got no gut feeling no intrinsic information about their bodies whatsoever so of course they're going to go on this trajectory like you went on you know because unless we instill these kinds of beliefs and understanding in kids then of course they're just going to go off on a trajectory that they're that they're going to go off on
1: well what's even more scary really is at age 18 you're going to go off to university so independent living yeah you're going to choose a career path when you don't have a fully formed brain yet your brain isn't fully formed until you're 25 oh wow really so you'll go so you're going out there living yeah. Yeah. an independent life when you don't have a it's like you've built you I know you've done a renovation in your house it's, it's like you've still got part of the renovation to do mm. And some people are getting, like, £70,000 into debt and then realise that's not the career they wanted. Mm. And people are saying, well, why did they go and study that? they didn't really know what they wanted to do at age 18.
0: Well, you just want the success that society have told you is success with the car and the house and the money and the paycheck and the job yeah. and the title like you did. Well, and, I and just if someone think it's... says to
1: you, you should go and study this, you'd be really good at this job. Yeah, and you think, oh, okay. <gasps> Um, so, but I do want to talk about the factor of because you really helped me with this so even though I've done all of this work I think the the sort of cherry on top came for me last year mm. and I think 2020 really set off my nervous system again yeah so over the years it's all the mindset work all the NLP work all the somatic body stuff so I've, d- I've done myofascial release as well which is a, another mm. um, removing of scar tissue in your body, but that can be from, um, an injury or actually it can be from emotions. So I've done, I've invested a lot in all of that work, but I think 2020, um, really set it off to a different level. And I was, and again, back to your body, listen to your body. If you're disconnected from it, just start to say, how do I feel today? Um, it was manifesting for me in energy like, I had no energy. I had zero energy, like brain fog, struggling to concentrate, low motivation. And I went down the doctor's route, which, you know, there's a reason why I did it. Now I think, what, what was I doing? Like I, I didn't need to do that. Um, and I think that was maybe because of the situation we were in at the time. And I was just like, didn't really tap into all of this knowledge that I had but with compassion I see it as part of my journey that's okay Mm. um and you did um an adrenal report on me which showed especially in the morning and evening my readings were off the chart like yeah and that for me was quite shocking because I didn't feel that level of stress
0: so your cortisol readings were Crazy, crazy high on the graph. Yeah. Crazy high, as yeah. as in, you know, they would be quite typical for someone who was working a corporate job, who was coming in at ten o'clock at night, still doing emails on their phone. You know, there was no reason that I could see from your lifestyle that your course should be no. that high.
1: I've done so, so much changes to my lifestyle. Yes, I, yeah. you know, I practice yoga, getting out in nature. I did journaling you know, eating well, I'd done all of these things, you know, having a good routine in a morning, evening. So to see those, it was a little bit of a shock for me. Yeah. Like, I was like, is that really me? Mm. But intuitively, I was like, well, it's just another step in my journey. Mm. Like, what is this here to teach me?
0: Yes. Yeah. because exactly. I, I
1: think sometimes people go, I just want to be healed and get back to my old life. Well, one thing is the healing journey never ends. Like yeah, what is are your... so complex. What does that actually mean? It doesn't make sense. It just means sense. we're evolving. Yeah. And mm. we're here to expand and evolve. So that's evolution is we're just going to evolve. Um, so w- we're never going to be healed. That's not going to happen. I can't remember what the second thing was I was going to cover then. It'll come back to me.
0: Well, your caused so was crazy high. Yeah. You were like, this is not my life.
1: So I didn't know why. Mm. Like, I looked at my lifestyle. I looked at everything that was going on. Yes, there was some little bits of things that were going on in my life, but nothing that could explain those readings. So I was like, at a place was like, okay, I've got this toolbox. I've collected this toolbox over the years. I help all of these people, but I'm at this stage now. I don't know what the solution is. Mm. And you mentioned trauma and I thought, well, I've dealt with lots of trauma. I've done lots of mindset work around what's happened in the past.
0: That's most typical what we see. You know, if someone's yeah. cortisol is sky high, I know they've got a beautiful bedtime routine. I know they're meditating. I know they've changed their lifestyle. I know they're not in a, in a soul-sucking job anymore, but their cortisol is really high and their body's in a place of stress. You can bet your bottom door there's something traumatic going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So even that, you know, I was thinking about, okay, that's fine because I'm quite happy to reach out for that support to Mm. find someone. But I was like, I don't even know what to look for because I don't know what the trauma is. Like when you know what it is or like I'm procrastinating and I need some help with procrastination or I'm stuck in perfectionism, like you're going to someone who's going to help you unpick that and you can do that through conscious work, subconscious work. You can work through that. But when you go into someone and go listen, I've got really high cholesterol <laughs> levels, but I don't know why. <laughs> They're like, goodness me, where do we start? Where do we start? And yeah, back to intuition, I knew talk therapy was not what I needed. Yeah. but Well, because he's coming from
0: a logical place.
1: Yeah. I, I knew that wasn't what it was. So I didn't know what it was. So I went and started to look into trauma more because I'd worked with people with trauma over, year, over mm. the years. And I understood, but I wanted to understand it at a deeper level. So I went into looking at somatic embodiment of how you can, without knowing what the trauma is, start to do practices every day to calm your nervous system. Yeah. I started down that route. And then I hit a roadblock where I was still trying to live the life that I was. And again, still a relatively peaceful lifestyle, but we had one trauma in the family and it knocked my nervous system.
2: Mm.
1: And I ended up in adrenal burnout. um, And that led me down the path of finding a modality, which is basically a a therapeutic way of working with people that you don't have to know where it comes from. So we was able to say, is there a trauma attached to my adrenal fatigue? Yes. And it helped me to go into my subconscious to locate where it was and I know that experience. Um, but what we did was, it's, and this is like the inner child work, we went back and we gave Trisha, age seven, mm-hmm. what she needed at that time. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I could tell you that tale and feel nothing. Right. Feel absolutely nothing. Tell yeah. you about this experience that happened to me.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would tell you, I wouldn't get emotional about it. I'd be able to just very factual tell you about it. Yeah. when I went back to that memory in my subconscious that little Trisha was not okay mm. and what did she need at that time and mm. what did she need to let go of she had a trapped emotion of shock so can you imagine age seven having a trapped emotion of shock I've carried that all throughout my years yeah So it's not surprising when you go into these situations that your body is going no.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because at seven, it's
1: not safe.
0: Because that seven-year-old couldn't compartmentalize that emotion and couldn't put that in its in its allotted place.
1: Yeah, couldn't process it, didn't understand it, didn't get what she needed in that moment in time in order to release it yeah we have we have this all the time like something happens to us and we're holding on to that emotion Mm. we don't say what we want to say so we stuff it all down but what doesn't get expressed gets suppressed and what does what happens is it's got nowhere to go it's in there and then every time we go into a situation that is something similar it knocks it off again so we're like it's like building lego yep we had the first emotion and then we stop and then we keep building it. And before we know it, we've got this spaceship of yeah. Lego around just this one emotion. And it's like Jenga, they're, they're all tightly put together. Mm. But once you start to pick those out, the Jenga falls apart. So the thing that was really affecting your nervous system just doesn't affect it the same.
0: I mean, I mean, Gab or again would, would, you know, speaks about this a lot. I think we do live in quite a toxic society these days, you we know, do. with the NL, you know, with the program that we hear, with the pressure that everyone has, with the just pressures on modern life, etc. How do we avoid basically ending up in a heap on the floor? By the time we're 60, 40, 50. I mean, look at the rates of chronic illness. It's shocking, absolutely shocking. Heart disease, diabetes, cardiovascular problems, et cetera, et cetera, cancer rates, autism rates. It is, it's off the scale. I think your work has never been needed more than right now. But how do we, how the heck do we protect ourselves from all these things that we're we're being thrown at all the time that is adding to those Lego blocks all the time?
1: Yeah, so you're never going to, you know, unless you go, we talk about it, unless we go and move on, to a remote, remote place in Scotland, <laughs> house on a hill with a, a wall around it, like, we're not going to get away from that. Yeah. So for me, it's looking at where can you reduce the impact of these things? So one of the things, and I did these things, we are actually realizing why I did it. Right. So I stopped watching the news and reading gossip magazines about 12 years ago. Yeah. Didn't know why at the time, but just felt a line to stop it. So a lot of the media, I'm not saying you, want, you don't want to keep in touch with it, but it's very, it's very fear-based. Yeah, so oh, of the, course. The, the, and with NLP, it's programming. So they use the same sound. Do, do, do. So your nervous system knows something bad's going to come because mm. the headline is always something Big. The language they use is very fear-based.
2: Mm. So
1: even if you think you are not being affected by the new, oh, it doesn't affect me. I hear this so much. Yeah, but I hear it, but I'm not listening to it. You are everything. You oh. absorb everything. So it yeah. is affecting you, yeah. even if you don't know it. So I would say, where can you start to reduce it? You know, where there's advertisements? Do you watch TV where there's advertisements? Just stop watching, well... Limit what you watch on TV. You know, I'm very mindful about watching things that have got violence and horror films. I oh, never. To, I used to love them as a kid.
0: And ah. actually, even
1: in my 20s, I would watch those sort of films. Now I'm literally like, absolutely not. Because absolutely
0: not. If you,
1: if you wired me up to a machine, my body responds as if that is really happening
0: exactly exactly and 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 now it's all on games as well you know they're all shooting one another blah blah blah, etc but this is how kids are now being raised with this level of nervous system dysregulation
1: yeah so it's it's not getting out of it completely because you can't but where can you limit it where Mm. can you unsubscribe from things where Mm. can you you know social media that's your own news platform. Mm. So if there's stuff on there that you find upsetting, traumatizing, triggering, get rid. It or get rid of it. Get rid. And especially if it's people. So I find this is, can be a challenging one because people can trigger you. Yeah. Like other human beings. I look at it two ways. It's either serving you a purpose for seeing what you need to heal. Hmm. Because a lot of the time, it's not about them. It's about it's about what's happening inside of us. That means or, that we've been triggered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you give so an example? You could, so you could see that two friends have gone out for lunch and you didn't get invited. And you yeah. look at it and you're like, oh my goodness, what happened? What's wrong with me? Why didn't they invite me? So you could immediately go, they're horrible. Like, why didn't they invite me? All of this stuff. So the story you're telling yourself, in your head but if you step back and you go where is this coming from Mm. okay what's the feeling that I'm feeling right now Well, I'm feeling isolated I'm feeling Mm. lonely I'm feeling Mm. sad rejected I feel rejected where does that come from
2: Mm. and
1: guaranteed there'll be a time in your past where two friends in the playground were playing and they didn't include you Mm. so all it's that trigger is triggering something in your subconscious because our brain can only let in a certain amount of information. Yeah. I think it's something like four, we're exposed to 400 billion pieces of information per second. <laughs> yeah, all through our senses. Yeah. But if our brains allowed all of that in, you would have a nervous breakdown immediately. Yeah. So our brain has to filter information on what is already in the system. So it only takes in 2,000 bits of information and gets rid of the rest so if you've got some experience where you felt left out that's in your system that's the 2000 so when you see it it's just triggering one of those pieces of information in your system Mm. so it's an it's an invitation to heal it because if you go back and heal that you just don't get affected the same so the second thing when you're triggered is an invitation to look at what you want to be when you see somebody and you feel like oh especially i find this when you see women taking up more space they're yes. being more confident yes they're, they're living that life that you aspire to and she's sharing it and it triggers you that's an invitation as well to go that's what's possible for you mm. so it's either something that needs to heal or it's giving you the nudge to say That's possible. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I see triggers as a gift. It's like a two sides of a coin. I need to heal, or I need to literally look at okay, step up. To step up, I might need to heal. Yeah. So so when you have those close relationships, those people might trigger you, and you can't unfriend them, or you can, but you don't be that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You just mute them for a while until mm. you've worked on yourself. Mm. Because I've done that, that I've been triggered by something. And before it would always be putting it like the external, it's, it's the problem is outside of you. Mm. But the problem is always inside of us. It's how we're responding to something. But we
0: don't like that.
1: We don't. What do
0: you mean? What do you mean that the problem is with me?
1: The problem is with them. Yeah, she didn't invite me.
0: Exactly. Because that's what we're told. Like, how dare you be, um, you know, how dare you be rejected or left out? Or how dare they treat me like that? And we just consistently play the victim or push it onto somebody else. Actually, if we step up and take and acknowledge and we take responsibility, like, just think about the growth that could come from that.
1: Oh, honestly. So situations, and this happens for me and my clients something that bothered you before all of a sudden doesn't
2: like Mm. I'll
1: tell you about one of my clients we worked on something that was work related around feeling confident at work and and actually speaking up for herself and we'd we'd worked on that and it actually worked but she left me a message it was about two months later and she just said I've just realized she said I've had such a, a difficult relationship with my mom and normally I'm really triggered when she wants to come round. Mm. And she's just left me a voice note that like she's coming round. And I'm not bothered. Mm. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything negative. And she was like, I know we didn't work on that, but that shifted. Yeah. So it's not, we don't have to consciously think about, oh, no, I shouldn't feel like this when my mum comes round. The feeling just goes, like the yeah. emotional charge that you yeah. felt has been released through something else, and that, that's what I mean about the Jenga pieces. yeah, sometimes you work on one thing and actually it impacts something else that you didn't even work on. That's it. So who
0: is your again, two more questions. who is your who are the typical people that you serve, yes. and what are you serving them? How are you helping them?
1: So the this is such people... a big
0: this is such a big world. Yeah. Of, like who da. oh it's amazing
1: yeah so the typical people that I work with I am so passionate about working with the women who were like me in that business corporate space yeah so back to those that they're, they're achieving they've got themselves a real level of success mm. but they're either not feeling like they're deserving of it not feeling worthy of it they're burnt out um, or they feel stuck. So they've got themselves to a certain point. They're not liking what they do, but mm. they don't know how to get out of that space. Mm. Um, definitely heart centered women. I love working with heart centered women. So people who want to make a difference in the world, who care about doing things better for people, the planet, they're my type of women. Yeah. Um, so that's what I serve them with. And People really who are open
0: to all this type of thing, they want to up level, they want to get to, you know, they want to open these wounds perhaps.
1: Yeah, you know, they're, they're ready, ready to invest, they're ready that's to it. take action, they yeah. are ready to do the inner work, they yeah. are ready to like take ownership and responsibility for where you are. Like, yeah. that was a big thing for me. And that's what that download was, take responsibility, Trisha, this is, this is you, where you are is down to you. Um, so that's who I work with. And we work on, there's, there's, it's really helping them get self-awareness. So people will come to me feeling really despondent and flat and, you know, not feeling confident in their job. But actually, we could just look at thinking about, well, you just need to change your job. But unless you look at who you are and get that self-awareness of who you are, who you want to be, you're just really. gonna go to, you're just gonna go from that to job, job to a new job yeah. and then think why don't I feel any different
0: yeah and you see that so much don't you people just hop around in the world trying to just the situation is going to be improved but it's not it's within you you're gonna have to change something this you know a job a new house a new location a new relationship isn't gonna fix any of that
1: no and then obviously the behavioral type things so perfectionism procrastination yeah all of those things or um, I don't have enough time. I get this a lot. I don't have enough time. Mm. You do have time, but actually how you're spending your time. Mm.
0: How many awesome. hours do you watch Netflix for?
1: Yeah. Or how much time are you people pleasing? Yes. I had so a if client recently. you stop, stop people pleasing, you're going to get so much more time back in your life.
0: Yeah. I had a client recently who's really, really, really put so much boundaries up a- around people pleasing and saying no. And she's like, I've got all this time. I get to yeah. spend time with my child, yeah. and it's like revolutionary. Yeah. But I had to, I had to give her the permission to be able to say no to people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and just... I think
1: sometimes people need that permission from outside of themselves. Mm. For me, mm. it's like take ownership, give yourself permission. Yeah, to say yeah. no. That's one of the biggest things that I do. I am so comfortable saying no to anything that's not in alignment with me now. Yeah, it wasn't like that to start with.
0: Mm. Um. And you've got to grow in confidence with things like that. You can't just expect to change things overnight. But as you start to put boundaries up and as you start saying no to things that don't align with you, I think if it's not a yes, if it's not a yes, sign me up, it's probably going to be a no.
1: Well, a lot of the times it's a yes because I don't want to upset you or yes, I don't want you to talk about me or yes, I'll feel guilty if I don't do it. Yeah. So there's all of, again, there's all that emotional charge that sits behind why people say yes. Yeah, be a good girl. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah, Put people first. And we are taught, this is another thing that I love to work with my clients is all about feminine energetics and that feminine power. So we're taught as women to be givers, like give to people, give them time, give them your energy, be nice. We need to unlearn. Mm. Feminine energy is not giving. Mm. Masculine energy is giving. Feminine energy is receiving.
0: Mm, mm, yeah okay see where you're going yeah yeah
1: so if you're people pleasing yeah you're in masculine energy
0: but we are aren't we you know as women i would say we're raised in masculine energy we perform in a masculine energy it's go 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 it's achieve it's perform it's yes. the
2: same
1: every day you have to live to this level and this success. monday to friday oh, nine yeah. to five designed for the male body clock but we're so women we it's are fluidity. trying to fit ourselves into a system that is not built for us no but already we're on the back foot however you can take that power back mm. you can start to just how can you receive mm. how can you stop if you're a people pleaser how can you just step back and stop giving so much yeah how can you allow other people? This is something I've massively had to work on, allowing other people to support me. Yeah. My love language, my top love language is acts of service. So yeah. The way that I show love is by doing things for people. Yeah. The way that I like to receive love is actually having people do things for me, but I was blocking that. Mm. I was giving. Oh, I'll give, I'll help you. Mm. But I was not allowing that energy to come back. Mm. So my top Absolutely. love language can be masculine and feminine if I allow it to be yeah and if you yeah. don't know your top love like if you don't do your love languages do it you just type in love languages quiz yeah. it's I'll put awesome. it in notes it helps so much relationships if I had a pound for every time I've recommended someone do this I would same. be a millionaire <laughs> same same but it helps you to understand what again like I said it's it's about building this self-awareness and if you get to know your body, how it works, the flow that you're in, that we ebb and flow, when you know all of this, you can just show up differently. You can show up confidently. You can plan around the different phases that you go through.
2: Mm -hmm. You
1: can allow yourself to be in masculine. Because we have to be in masculine energy. That's the get shit done energy. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't be in our masculine energy, we wouldn't get anything done.
0: Yeah,
1: We have to be in that. If you say feminine feminine, energy. same for men. They have masculine and feminine energy within them. So the, the masculine is getting shit done. The, the female, which we've switched off because we've been told that all of these things were not okay. Like mm. trusting our wisdom and our intuition and that sense of knowing without actually knowing why we know it. We were burnt on the stake for being a witch, for being that. So can you see generational, if you've yeah. got any of that, That's why women compete against each other because they were, you had to say she was a witch before she said you was a witch, Mm. so we were already in that competition and comparison and that Mm. fear. So never mind in our lifetime, we've got all of this stuff that we've been carrying for generations. But
0: sometimes people say to me, "Oh, why have you done that with your son?" And I'll just say, "My mother's my motherly intuition." Yeah. But like, but where's the science behind that? Where's the science for that? What do you mean, motherly intuition? You're joking me? Yeah, and, and even even mothers who are friends of mine can't comprehend that idea. But if we talk about feminine energy, you know, I'm talking like maybe I'm a little bit too much of a. Maybe I've got too much feminine energy, but I'm, I'm talking about flowers. I'm talking about rose. I'm talking about cacao. I'm talking about just that, that nourishment that we can give to others, but it doesn't mean that you're a nasty person. If you say no to somebody or if you can't commit to something, they say, you know, put your oxygen mask on before you put, if you just serve everybody, say yes to everybody, do everything for everybody, constantly live in that go, go, go. Well, you're going to be in both. You're going to be in Trisha's office and my office very
1: quickly. Yeah. One thing I would say to you, you can never be in too much feminine energy. I know sometimes I'm taught to be less. And actually, it's just about allowing that flow that I just know things. I can't explain why I do. I just know it. I feel it. I sense it. And it's trusting and allowing yourself to go with that. And like we said, we're we're already in a challenge because we're working in a, a world which is designed. For the masculine. So we're yeah. already, but even men trusting into that intuition. Men love logic.
0: That's mm, yes. masculine the energy.
1: Solutions. Yeah. Where's the proof behind that? Mm. You know, when your mum brings you and you were just thinking of her, masculine energy is just a coincidence. Don't believe in science. Don't believe in coincidence. The feminine is, I know that's energy.
2: Mm. I put
1: that energy I don't know how but I know that I made my mom call me then you don't know how Mm. but now we know that there's something called quantum physics Mm. it's science
2: Mm. science
1: can prove why those things happen so they're no longer a coincidence and me and my partner he's very much the logic the science explain it and I'm introducing him to. Well, there's quantum physics that actually says they can prove why that works because it's yeah. energy and energy travels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course it does. You, you know, you open your car with your car, I don't know, a lot. Yeah. And the so car opens. Why. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> energy. But I like, I, we've talked about this so much, you know, I enjoy being at home, being a homemaker as well, being a mother, caring for my child, caring for my husband, yeah. doing the clean, and all that, like, feminine energy, I suppose, that comes with wanting to do those things. But but you're told as society, you know, go out to work, go do this, go do that, go, you know, and I, just, I do think about it a lot. Um, we're just told as women, nah, I don't yeah. like that. So for go me,
1: and- I think for the first maybe 40 years of my life, I was learning from the age of 40 i'm unlearning everything i've been taught yeah doing it the way that i want to do it so if that works for you and your family do it that's okay yeah we need men to be in their masculine energy yeah we need to be able to play those two roles it's okay for us to do whatever works for us Mm. the person next door he wants to do the ironing and the washing and the thing then that's that's what works for them that's cool totally i think we're trying to make men not be men anymore and we're trying to make women not be women Mm. and for me it's just back into that what does that what does success look like for you Mm. and if that is forgetting what society says and being more of a homemaker and making that beautiful environment for your family then you trust that gut because that's your feminine wisdom. So what does success mean to you? To me. Now. Doing what I love with people that I love. In a, in a way that I love to do it.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: The external metrics of success mean nothing to me. Again, that's unlearning. I'm unlearning everything. Yeah. Follow the feeling. If it feels good, I'm going there. If it doesn't, I don't care what you say. If it's good, it's not good because it doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that has come from the 10 years of doing the work is I feel so much more. Now I'm more connected to my body. Mm. The work that I've done over the last year, I feel much more safe in my body. So yeah, now yeah, when I'm making those leaps forward, yeah. I'm doing it from not just a belief that I can, but mm. a belief that I'm safe to do it. Mm. So mm. That combination together, is where the magic happens. No more of a chaotic vibration going on. But it's not to say there won't be more. We are so complex that once you've got rid of one layer, there's another layer that just needs to be uncovered. And a darn onion it. peeling back that onion. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Bloody onion.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, just whilst we're wrapping up, what do you feel? This could be a really big question, so try and make it small. What yeah. do you feel <clears throat> has been the biggest part of your healing journey?
1: Self awareness.
0: Yeah. Self
1: awareness. Yeah. 100%. You've got to know who you are, what's going on, mm. what you want, all of those things about what makes you who you are. And if if, if that's not everything, what do you want? I journal so much. Same. Um, this morning, I'm. Um, tracking with the moon at the moment because I'm in perimenopause but so I'm in the autumn which is the time when your inner critic is loudest Mm. so this morning I gave her five minutes and said okay tell me what's going on and she was nasty (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not true yeah I can go back to it and look at okay is there anything I need to work on Mm. that is stopping me moving forward so having Mm. that self-awareness for me has been the biggest thing
0: What are your three non-negotiables throughout the day that no matter what happens, you will always come down, whether it be food, whether it be journaling, what are your kind of three solid things throughout the day?
1: Um, One is definitely to move my body in some way. Mm -hmm. So definitely whether that's out walking with Milo, Mm -hmm. um, getting on the yoga mat, dancing, just moving my body, you know, stagnant energy. You know, if you ever feel like you're not feeling great, emotion energy in motion when mm. you're not feeling good move your body get some that's music on in the kitchen yeah mm. and literally you don't have to carve out the time like you say you're cooking get the music on dance as you're cooking like you don't have to spend half an hour in the morning doing this stuff you, you don't
0: have to go to the gym for an hour to to move your body in a
1: box surrounded by other people and all of their energy
0: air-conditioned yeah.
1: go from a box to a box <laughs> um so that's a non-negotiable yeah um some alone time some quiet Mm. solitude time Mm. I find if I don't have that um massively affects my energy so I need to have even if you know it's not first thing in the morning because you know we're doing something then it's just finding that moment in time that I can have a drink or something or a walk with Milo that that can be again you're stacking these things together but definitely alone time
0: people seem to be scared of alone time because they get thinking about things but if you're scared of alone time because you're thinking about things that might be something to think about
1: ask why yeah that's me I used to have the radio on yeah I used to keep busy I didn't Mm. if I wanted to lie around that was lazy yeah Yeah. if you if you're constantly keeping yourself going you've got to ask yourself why why don't you want to be alone
0: yeah yeah so movement alone time
1: third one what's the third one I would say non-negotiable is not doing things that I don't want to do like saying no mm.
2: um,
1: so there's there's nothing that I will do that I don't want to do yeah so there's there's quite a lot of things that have come up for me where old me would have been okay in those situations and now it's okay for me to say no and also tapping into that feminine energy is I might have arranged something at some point, but now actually in my ebb and flow of being a female, yeah, actually my hormones are really low and I don't have the energy and it's okay yeah. to cancel those things.
0: That's it. And also it might be to the, we always think, I think definitely as women that we think, oh, I can't cancel that, but it might be to their, ben- their
1: benefit as well. How many times, I can't tell you how many times I've canceled someone and someone says, oh, I was going to really struggle to get there or I wasn't yeah. feeling great today. And you're yeah. like, so why weren't you canceling me? Yeah, exactly. We have all this guilt. And actually, the other person, you've just freed them up for two hours or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and actually, if they're peed, the fact that you do it, that's their trigger. They need to go and work <laughs> on that. That's not your stuff. Yeah. If anyone has a, a negative reaction to you canceling, just, I always say to myself, it's not about me. It's no. It's not about me. It's their stuff.
0: No. Absolutely. If you we've cancelled on each other loads of times. Yeah. I'm just like she needs some space. She needs this. She needs that. And I'll just be like oh, yeah, to my benefit as well.
1: Yeah. So I never look you, at my phone around yourself sure. with people who who get feminine energy and and being OK putting yourself first because it back to the thing about you with the oxygen mask. Mm if you're constantly giving, you're going to get burnt out, and then when you're burnt out, yeah. you, give, you give nothing good to anybody anyway. So, well, you're, then you're does not make sense.
0: Then you're resentful. Yeah. All the people you've helped. Yeah. Oh well, if I hadn't helped that, but you know, it goes on and on and on. So you actually, a
1: party and you're there and you're miserable. that you're there, like you're you're taking that negative energy. So the best thing you can do is not put that energy into their party or whatever. Just don't go.
0: Literally, me don't like parties. Just
1: don't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> just that will bring your vibe down. Okay don't like it
0: oh thank you so much trisha this was so helpful honestly i think oh, a lot of people are gonna have a lot to think about after me. this yeah so you are the finale our finale episode Yay! of season one
1: I feel honored privileged yeah oh, thank you it's you have to come back for July. season two. Oh, absolutely yeah
0: Great. Well, thank you so much. So, so thankful for you. Thank you for your work. Thankful for your friendship. You're an amazing human. So go and check out Trisha. Where can we find you?
1: Instagram, website? Yeah. So I love to hang out on Instagram. Yeah. Follow the energy. I love the vibe of Instagram. So it's at the Rising Fem.
0: Yeah. I will put all Trisha's details in the description box and I'll put tag all different things for you but thank you for your time
1: thank you you for
0: you and we will speak really soon
1: and congratulations on season one let's celebrate you
0: oh all the imposter you know like to throw out the way who's gonna listen no one's gonna care but you just gotta gotta do it anyway haven't you
1: yeah well congratulations to you thank you so much